This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 110 and this is a special WWE Elimination Chamber pay-per-view review. So we've got a really special guest uh, on the line. Uh, uh, this individual has not been on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast before so really, really looking forward to uh, breaking down Elimination Chamber with this guest. And I've got Brian Waters on the phone or via Skype as a matter of fact. You can probably see him in the video there if you're watching via YouTube or uh, listening uh, via audio. But Brian... Good afternoon. Uh, thank you for coming on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. How are you today? I'm good, John. I appreciate the honor of allowing me. To, I appreciate you allowing me. I'm honored to be here. Um, you know, I always love talking wrestling. You know, I appreciate your support. You know, I really enjoy your show. So it's an honor to be right here. Oh, uh, well, likewise. And as I said to you off air, I'm a big fan of your show. I've seen a lot of your your uh, your videos and a lot of your YouTube videos. And I'm particularly familiar with The Wrestling Realm. Now, that's a, a podcast or YouTube uh, kind of uh, platform that, that you have currently. Tell me a little bit about your, your creative outlet then, Brian, because I know you're involved in a couple of things, aren't you? You've got The Wrestling Realm, which I'm more familiar with. But uh, tell us about your weekly shows, about any any uh, co-hosts or guest hosts that you regularly host your shows with and uh, kind of what sort of topics or subjects they tend to focus on whenever you do these shows. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So the Wrestling Realm was created in 2011 by myself and my co-host, the real Dwayne Allen. Uh, we created the show while we were in college at Morgan State University as an opportunity for us to get better at television production. So the Wrestling Realm gave us that outlet. And the idea around the show was to simply build upon... Um, you know, just talking wrestling. We love wrestling. We wanted to talk about it from a different perspective. It was deemed a show for the intelligent wrestling fans. Now, wrestling of superior intellect, you know, <laughs> leading the wrestling fan revolution. You know, it, it, we've come from a world that a lot of us was teased for loving this business. And we wanted to let people know, hey, guess what? We're not wrestlers, but it's cool to love wrestling. And that's what we did. And that's what we do. You know, a lot of times we... Um, we have the last show we did was is Vince McMahon losing a step. Um, so we have some shows coming out, but you know, Dwayne is like very creative. So you may have seen the Ric Flair promo, uh, my, one of our favorites, the NWO promo, when we pay homage to the uh, NWO paid promotions. That's how we brought the wrestling around back. When I went to work at ESPN in Connecticut, I was out of Baltimore. We wasn't side by side for a couple of years. So that gave us an opportunity to say, hey, we're coming back. And boom, let's hit him with the, you know, with this. So, 
Yeah, absolutely love the wrestling realm. But it's, it's, it's really good uh, production values, as I said to you off there. I love your studio. I uh, love your backdrops and uh, everything. All, all the kind of effort you put into your, your artwork as well, your graphics. Um, so you, you say you've been doing this for nine years. That's quite impressive because you know podcasts have really kind of exploded onto the scene in the last four or five years. Um, but uh, what was the podcast scene like when you started out in 2011 then? It must have been completely different to the way it is now. Man, it was, you know, um, and and you, it's a lot because so when we first started, you know, you had a few shows out there, but Blog Talk Radio was real heavy then. Yeah. So um, we were we we actually I did a show it was called the um, the Dungeon of the D- Dungeon Edition of the Wrestling Round, and that was a weekly show. We would take updates, uh, just do different topics, and that was just strictly audio. Where the uh, realm was, where Dwayne and I would come together, and we would pick up, pitch different topics, and we would talk about that. Um, and then we kind of went on a break, one to finish school. Then we had came back for season three. Then we did one episode. Then we kind of took a break, but we still would do stuff via social media. Uh, shout out to our friends at the Flex Zone. They would ask us to come on their show, so we would come together. So people knew, oh, we we got both of them. We got the realm in. Um, but while I was gone, before I moved back to Baltimore, Dwayne had did a rebranding where he changed the logo around. He changed the colors, and that gave us an opportunity. So when um, in 2017 we were able to put together some shows and come back. So, um, but yeah, like you said, the podcast scene was definitely different. Um, and then I decided to create the break it down with Brian H podcast as a part of the wrestling room, because one of the things we wanted to do was have different, you have the wrestling room YouTube channel, but yes. we wanted to give you different things to come there for. If you wanted to hear about wrestling for the culture, the wrestlers of color, boom, you got that. If you wanted to see like quick videos, you know, quick promo videos of us acting crazy or doing wrestling promos, Boom, you got that. And then if you wanted to, a weekly show, boom, you got that. But if you wanted a topic show, you got that as well. Yeah, there, there's so much to offer and, and, and so much available via your shows. Where can my listeners kind of uh, find these shows? Uh, what what po- podcast platforms are they available on? I'm guessing that you've got a YouTube channel. Uh, give a bit of a shout out to where we can actually find uh, some of your fantastic content then, Brian. Absolutely. You can go on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're right there. Just search the wrestling realm and you'll get um you'll you'll get the podcast weekly. The YouTube show where it's the real Dwayne Allen and I talking, that's only exclusive to YouTube. Um, but the podcast, the weekly up uh, like the weekly uh breakdown of everything, that's break it down with Brian H. You get that right on YouTube, uh yeah. any podcast platform. And okay. as well as some interviews as well. Yeah, and we'll make sure that the uh, the links to all of your uh, your channels and uh, YouTube channels are uh, are in the description to this episode. So if you if you do want to find out more about uh, Brian and his content in the wrestling realm, just click into the description of this podcast and click on all the links that will be there. Um, but tell us a little bit about your your uh, love for pro wrestling, then, Brian. Before we speak about Elimination Chamber, when when did you kind of first become a wrestling fan? And uh, is, is it been a, have you been a lifelong wrestling fan? Uh, can you remember kind of back then the early days when you first clapped eyes on pro wrestling for the first time wow man so um you know Take a lot of people, right back now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anybody who's listening to this that knows me they already know where i'm going with this when my mother was pregnant with me she was on bed rest for a little bit and the doctor told her you know don't get up 
So my dad and my grandfather and my uncle were wrestling fans, two of my uncles. And a lot of times they would leave the TV on. I was born in 1986, and all TVs didn't have remotes back then. No. So they would leave the TV on the channel with wrestling on. So my mother hated wrestling growing up because everybody was always watching it. Well, around this time, it's the Hulkamania era. And she got hooked. So every week she would watch wrestling. She said every time wrestling would come on, my stomach, her stomach would start jumping because it was me <laughs> kicking. And that was the moment she knew I was going to be a boy. So when I was born, a funny story, my uncle Troy, who got who was my mother's youngest brother, we're about 11 years apart. So I was always under him. He, as a matter of fact, he taught me how to play drums. He was always watching wrestling, and I would be under him. But before I was born, he said, name your baby Junkyard Dog. And she was like, I'm not naming my child that. <laughs> but, you know, so, uh, but probably my first memory I can really remember is um, probably WrestleMania six because, you know, this is 1994. And then I'm just yeah. talking as far as, like, my mind going back to it. And I remember, you know, my grandfather getting in the car with him and Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan sitting back and forth, you know, talking about the crisscross and my grandfather describing that as we was getting ready to go home to watch WrestleMania 6. Oh, that's a fantastic story. It really is. So well, you've really been a fan since uh, before before you were born then, Brian, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, incredible. my mother even wrote, my mother had went back to school and she actually wrote about that in one of her papers. Oh, that's great. And uh, who who were some of your, your wrestling heroes, some of your wrestling idols, would you say? Who who have you kind of always uh, gravitated towards as far as uh, wrestlers are concerned? Um, Hulk Hogan, that's yeah. for sure. Um, I'm still a Hulkamaniac, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, he follows the wrestling realm, so that's really cool. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, that was my next favorite. Yeah. But the funny thing is, and then, you know, The Rock... But the funny thing is, I never thought anybody, I never thought I would be like somebody would surpass them on my ranking. And I have to tell you, man, in 2013, there was a guy who captivated the audience like none other. And I think you may know where I'm going with this I one. I think I know where you're going. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, um, I see you have a hat that has the New Orleans and uh, this man won the championship at WrestleMania 30, and that's Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, I listened to him on Chris Jericho's podcast, and for some reason, I felt connected to him when he talked about his love for pro wrestling. And Daniel Bryan then became my all-time favorite wrestler. And I was like, wow, I never thought anybody would pass Hogan. Because, you know, the real Dwayne Allen always makes fun of me about it. Sure, I like Macho Man. I like the Ultimate Warrior. Mr. Perfect is one of my um, people who's not like, wasn't in the, always, was never a world champion, but was like one of my low-key favorites. So I love those guys. But Daniel Bryan is my overall favorite now. But growing up, it was without a shadow of a doubt, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I'm really pleased to hear that because my my also favorite wrestler besides Ric Flair is also Daniel Bryan. So uh, oh, that, that, yeah. that's fantastic to hear. And and same, similar to yourself, um, 
you know, from 2010 when he first appeared on uh, WWTV as part of the NXT uh, kind of game show. That that's when I first kind of caught caught eyes on him really, and then I kind of tracked back and caught a lot of his indie career through you know uh, through YouTube and uh, various DVDs. But then yeah, around the same time, 2011, 2012, 2013, he really caught my imagination. I was a big part of the you know, kind of the Yes movement, and then uh, when he won the, the the world title, New Orleans 2014 Wrestle. 30 that that's got to be one of the highlights of my wrestling fandom uh, and then i was there in 2018 for wrestlemania 34 uh that was a hell of a oh, nice. uh, but because that was his his return match as well that was uh, uh only, uh-huh. only a month or so after he came back out of retirement after his you know issues with his uh concussions so he returns in new orleans uh 2018 i was there went over there my first ever mania my first oh, time to, my first my one. first time to the states and it, it was a fantastic occasion of course you had you know uh, Kurt Angle's return match uh, Ronda Rousey's debut um, it was a fantastic occasion but uh, yeah really really uh, loved my experience out there in New Orleans uh, have you been to uh, any WrestleManias yourself Brian bear in mind we're too we're kind of getting close to WrestleMania only a few weeks out so what WrestleManias have you been to my first one was WrestleMania 28 and I have to admit at that time. I love Daniel Bryan, but I wasn't like he wasn't my number yeah. one guy. Yeah. Uh, I was in Baltimore and I was at the show when he won the world championship. And I remember going crazy. And I'm, you know, he came out, shook our hands, and I shook his hand. But um, WrestleMania 28, Rock and Cena, that was my first WrestleMania. Uh, and then I went to WrestleMania 33, which is kind of, I want to say, race now because that was a night where. I just knew that that was The Undertaker's last match. John Cena proposed to Nikki Bella, you know, and none of that's happening. So, like, you know, (laughs) so, but yeah, um, you know, it's it's nothing like it. I tell, I've told all my friends that I want them to experience that at least one time in their life, you know. Uh, I wanted to go this year, but. Then I was like, you know what? Not this year. Next year, it's already been canceled. I'm not going because it falls right on my wife's birthday. And um, I thought I was going to be out of town for a birthday this year. My friend Glenn from the Wrestling Marks of Excellence told me. He said, well, now that WrestleMania, now that you're not traveling for a birthday this year, you can go to Mania next year in L.A. I said, oh, let's wait and see. <laughs> there we go. And uh, I'm quite curious to know about, you know, what, what uh, what's your WrestleMania tradition? So when, when you sit down, I'm guessing in front of the TV to watch it live, uh, do you have snacks that you have to have or do you have a particular tradition that you have to follow when it comes to uh, WrestleMania? Do you have any kind of WrestleMania traditions uh, that, that my listeners might be keen to know about? Well, no traditions yet. Last year was the first WrestleMania after we had bought our home. So I had all my friends over and my dad, my uncle, who got me into wrestling as well, and my kids. And we were all right here when Kofi Kingston won the championship. So tears were shed, a lot of cheers, you know. So having my friends and my cousins and my family here. And I think I might uh, have an encore and see what the wife says. But I think I might do that again this year. So, Um, But leading up to WrestleMania... There's, I always got to watch, believe it or not, WrestleMania 9. I know a lot of people don't like it. I love it. Um, Hogan won the title again, you know? Uh, as a six-year-old, like, I cannot watch it from an adult's eyes. That's the one show I refuse to watch as adult eyes. I, I watched it um, growing up. 
I had four wrestling tapes, WrestleMania 9, WrestleMania 11, Survivor Series 95, which was also had uh, World War Three on that same tape, and then uh, Royal Rumble 96. So I would watch those every day after school. So WrestleMania 9, I almost know the whole commentary by heart, word for word. <laughs> so I watched that. I watched WrestleMania 15 because I can remember the buildup in middle school for Austin Rock. WrestleMania 17 is the last one I watched with my grandmother. WrestleMania um, 28 is one that I watched. So I have the end of WrestleMania 19 because while everybody loves 17, I personally think 19 was better. I mean, talking five main event matches. So that's what I do generally leading up to WrestleMania. One year, I was not excited for WrestleMania 31. And I just thought it was going to be a bad WrestleMania that I had a nerve to go back from WrestleMania 1 all the way to 30 and watch them in their entirety. I will never do that again. <laughs> no, that, that is a marathon and a half. It really is. But to WrestleMania it, it took me two months, six weeks, actually. <laughs> but WrestleMania 31 was actually a good show. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much watching it live. But then in retrospect, I've watched it many times uh, since then. And I've, I, I really have enjoyed it, kind of the nostalgia with Sting being there, NWO, DX. And then you had the big cash in at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it, it was it was a, and that RKO from the curb stomp as well. That was WrestleMania 31. That's uh, a moment that would go down in folklore. But uh, yeah, that's a good WrestleMania. So we're all getting very hyped for WrestleMania. And yeah, man. The, the, the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania is the, is the pay-per-view we're about to talk about now then, Brian, and that's Elimination Chamber. So it took place uh, less than 24 hours ago. Uh, this is Monday when we're recording this. So it's only kind of, uh, what, uh, less than 24 hours ago that it took place. And it wasn't such a bad show. I've, I've heard some reviews by uh, other uh, content creators uh, putting a bit of a down on it. And yes, it, it kind of had its good moments and its bad moments. But uh, we spoke a bit about Daniel Bryan there being your favourite wrestler, one of my favourite wrestlers, and he started the show. So the main show was Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. Uh, so so just to go through some of the highlights here, Brian, and then I get your thoughts on it. But uh, this was a, quite a stiff kind of back and forwards match. It was a very strong style match there was, there was plenty of mat wrestling to start the match between these two um and hands down it was uh, one of the best uh, pro wrestling matches i've actually seen in a long time um between these two uh, there was a suplex spot fairly early on where uh, daniel bryan attempted to dump drew gulak over the top rope however gulak kind of held on and took daniel bryan over with him so uh, that was quite impressive uh that they both landed hard on the floor on the outside uh, there was a scary high angle suplex spot where drew gulak uh he dropped he, he virtually dropped daniel bryan on his head and back of his neck uh daniel Brian rolled to the outside to recover, just making it back in time before the referee's 10 count. Uh, but uh, we're all aware of Daniel Bryan's uh, neck and head injuries and concussion issues over the years. So that was quite worrying. Uh, Gulak then nailed Bryan with the reverse suplex. Um, and uh, and then he uh, kind of clapped on the the, the, the uh, dragon sleeper, the, the kind of the Gru lock, I think he calls it. But Daniel Bryan reversed it into the yes lock. And eventually, after a very hard-fought, very stiff, uh, action-packed opener, Drew Gulak tapped 
to the S-Lock. I think he actually passed out from the S-Lock, as a matter of fact. Um, after the match, uh, Daniel Bryan kind of pointed towards Drew Gulak to kind of uh, share his uh, his praise to Drew Gulak. I think Drew Gulak is from the town where Elimination Chamber was taking place last night. Uh, but this was a real strong style wrestling match. It was, it was very bat-based to start off with. It was quite hard hitting and quite high impact. Them suplexes onto Daniel Bryan were quite hard to watch at times, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, th- this was a really good match, Brian, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this opening match between Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan. So uh, I had no doubts that it would be a good match. kind of wish that they had built this and made this a WrestleMania match because you think of WrestleMania, WrestleMania, and you got a guy like Daniel Bryan, a guy like Drew Gulak, two great Matt technicians, but also mm-hmm. strong style. So I was wishing that they made this, but nonetheless, it didn't disappoint at all. So I was happy with it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, a good win for Daniel Bryan. He did take a lot of punishment in this match. And I thought the same as you, you know, I'd, I'd like to see these two wrestle again. You know, have they got, uh, you know, do they have enough faith in Drew Gulak to put him in a WrestleMania match with Daniel Bryan? But then I'm kind of thinking towards WrestleMania. And who do you think would be an ideal opponent for Daniel Bryan at Mania? Because there's no, any, it's nobody obvious at the moment, is there? There's no obvious feuds going on. Daniel Bryan's had his feud with The Fiends. He's now got this mini feud going on with Drew Gulak. Do you think Daniel Bryan's at risk of not being in the featured match at Mania in four weeks' time, Brian? I think so, honestly, Mm. unless you do a rematch and Daniel Bryan puts him over. You know, that's the only way I can see it. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta have him on the card. I mean, sorry, but you know, he's a big star, so you you gotta have him on the big, gotta have him on the card. Uh, And that's the thing that drives me crazy about the WWE sometimes is I like those big buildups. This Orton Edge thing is perfect. So I want I want to see majority of the mania buildups just like that. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. We'll probably find out more this coming week, especially SmackDown on Friday, to see whether there's any uh, further development between these two. Or maybe uh, a little inkling uh, as to who Daniel Bryan's opponent might be uh, in Tampa in four weeks' time. Anyway, that was a really good opener. Uh, match number two, however, was was just as good. I really enjoyed it. It was Andrade, the current United States champion, up against Humberto Carrillo. So now, you know, we've seen these two in the ring several times together, Brian. They've had quite a few matches on weekly TV, on Monday Night Raw in particular, uh, but they always put on a great match. They always do deliver. Um, I thought this was a hell of a match as well. Both wrestlers keeping up the momentum from the uh, from the previous match. Uh, Humberto got a close near fall from a super hurricane runner early on. Andrade got a two count from a double running knees uh, into the corner. Uh, that's always impressive when he pulls it off. Uh, Zelina Vega, she pulled up the mats on the outside with uh, Humberto reversing an attempted hammerlock DDT from Andrade uh, onto the exposed floor. And Andrade was backdropped uh, instead of uh, being able to hit his uh, DDT, of course. Uh, Carrillo then nailed a, a brilliant sent on over the top rope, going over, not over the, not just over the top rope, but over the top of the referee to connect with Andrade outside and onto the floor. That was pretty impressive. However, Andrade managed to retain his championship after reversing a roll-up into a roll-up of his own uh, with a handful of tights as well to get the one, two, three. And uh, as I mentioned, this was a pretty good match, an action-packed match. These two always deliver in the ring and... And uh, they're always a lot of fun. Uh, now, thinking ahead to Mania again, 
you know, I'm kind of thinking, who might Andrade uh, face? Uh, obviously, he's still the United States champion. There's quite a few rumours and rumblings out there, Brian, that uh, it could potentially be a, a like a Latino or a Latin four-way uh, between Andrade, Humberto Carrillo, throwing their Angel Garza, and then maybe Rey Mysterio. That would be a pretty tasty match. But uh, give us your thoughts on what went down between these two last night and then thinking ahead to Mania and who the possible opponents could be for Andrade. Um. Well, I thought this was a great match. Um, mm, you know, the agreed. thing about Andrade, I think he is such a star. But when he um, got suspended and we saw Angel Garza with Selena Vega, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not missing Andrade, to be honest with you. I like the guy, but with Garza right there, I wasn't missing him. Then last week on Raw, you saw uh, Garza kind of taking the shine from Andrade. So I was happy that he was far away from his possible. Andrade kind of got to remind people who he is yeah. and we can go from there. They need, in my opinion, keep Andrade away from Garza as possible because he's going to take his heat. So with that, I do think we do get that four-way match and I think Garza goes uh, leaves with the win because yeah. I see star in him. Yeah, he's just oozing charisma, isn't he? He's just oozing machismo. <laughs> he's got he's got the looks, he's got the smile, he's got the personality. Um, and and uh, I hope he stays a heel. <laughs> yeah, true. I think he's so much more effective as a heel as well. Um, I think they have teased a little bit of a baby face uh, with Gaza, but uh, yeah, I'd much prefer him as, as a heel. I think he's arrogant and uh, yeah, I think he works well. But um yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, especially the chemistry between him and Andrade, especially if Zelina is managing both wrestlers at the same time. That could cause a bit of friction, especially if they were in the ring together in a possible four-way at Mania. That could be quite interesting to watch to see how that plays out. Um, but uh, Angel Garza, I think if he's involved in that US Championship match at Mania, I agree with you. I think he's leaving with the bouts. But um yeah, some good points that you bring up there, most definitely. Uh, and then that leads us to match number three, which was the first of two Elimination Chamber matches. This was a, a tag team Elimination Chamber match. It was for the SmackDown tag team titles as well. So the, the six teams that were involved, you've got the current SmackDown tag team champions, uh, Miz and Morrison, of course. Then uh, you've got Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, Heavy Machinery, the Lucha House Party, The New Day, and The Usos. So a quite a strong lineup. I suppose the only kind of odd team out you could say might be the Lucha House Party. Um, but uh, uh, you, you had uh, Kofi Kingston and Big E. They started this match inside the ring with The Usos, Jimmy and Jay, of course. Uh, Lindsay Dorado, uh, he was quite impressive. He, he was the, the he was the first one to kind of exit the pods. Uh, Lucha House Party were the first team to kind of exit their pods into the match. And uh, Dorado and Grand Metalik, uh, they used the top of the pods uh, quite a bit um, with some high-flying antics. That was fun to watch. There was a superb Hurricane Rana, super Hurricane Rana, as a matter of fact, uh, from the top of the pod from Grand Metalik onto John Morrison. That was quite an impressive spot to watch. The fans responded with a this is awesome chant. Uh, then uh, uh, ever popular Otis Dozovich and Tucker, uh, they were out next for heavy machinery. 
Lince Dorado, uh, he, he he impressed everybody. I think this is possibly one of the highlights of the match, if not the night, when he was uh, hanging on to the, the top of the cage, swinging backwards and forwards, and he eventually let go to do like a swinging, uh, what would you call it, like a shooting star press onto all the wrestlers down inside the ring. That was pretty damn awesome. However, it didn't uh, last too much longer. The Lucha House Party were the first team to be eliminated. Um, Tucker then proved why he's uh, no slouch. Uh, he did a huge senton off of one of the uh, other pods onto everyone down below. Then Otis, um, he goes to seek a bit of revenge on Dolph Ziggler. We all know what's going on between uh, him, uh, Dolph Ziggler and uh, Mandy Rose, of course. Uh, but ends up charging right into one of the plexiglass glass pods, uh, crashing through the pod and out to the floor on the outside. Uh, Tucker is soon eliminated with a, a super kick, glorious DDT combo from Rude and Dolph. Um, and, uh, and and that, that spelt the end for Heavy Machinery, unfortunately. Ziegler and Rude were eliminated thanks to stereo uh, splashes from the Usos from uh, opposite corners. That was really impressive as well. The fight continues with Miz and Morrison eliminating Kofi in the process, and the new, and the, the new Day are out of the match. Um, uh, Kofi misses a big splash off of one of the pods as well. But uh, uh, th there's quite a climactic last few minutes of the match. Uh, the Oso, Uso is getting close near fall following a pair of super kicks to the Miz and Morrison. However, after Miz and Morrison, uh, they retained their SmackDown Tag Team Championships uh, with a, a double pinning combination with some extra leverage from the top rope uh, for the Miz and John Morrison there. So, Brian, um, I, I, don't, I don't think this will go down as one of the best chamber matches in history, but I thought it was quite good. It had some highlights. You obviously had the high-flying spots. You had, uh, was it Lince Dorado, who swung from the top of the cage for the shooting star press, and, uh, you know, that, that uh, dive off the top from Tucker. And uh, Otis was, of course, the crowd favourite when he came out, but the win in the end goes to Miz and Morrison. They retain this SmackDown Tag Team Championships, and they go on to Wrestlemania to defend so what did you think of the match uh, looks like you, you, you've probably seen quite a few chamber matches in your time as a fan uh, how does this one rank Oh man, you know, probably middle of the pack to be honest with you. You know, yeah. it'd be one that was like, I think a few years from now we'll be like, oh, oh yeah, that did happen. You know, <laughs> it won't be Shawn Michaels winning the championship. It won't be Triple H retaining the championship, even though Goldberg had a dominant night. Uh, it won't even be Jack Swagger surprising everybody and winning the uh, number one contendership for the championship. You know, so I don't think it's going to have like those kind of moments. Um, but. You know, it is what it is. They have to have two chambers. I think it made more sense for this tag title than the Raw tag titles, if they was going to do it that way. Yeah, yeah. Is, you, is this you, the first ahead. year? Yeah, I was going to say, is this the first year where the chamber match, neither chamber matches had world title implications? I think you make a really good point there. I think you're right. I think this is the first year where either the WWE or Universal or World Heavyweight Championship hasn't been involved in an Elimination Chamber match. So it's a really good point that you bring up there. And it, it, it was quite different. I mean, I was going to mention at the top of the show, you know, there was some big names uh, not part of this show as a whole. You know, you didn't have Drew uh, McIntyre. There was no Brock Lesnar. Uh, there was no Roman Reigns. So quite a few big players weren't part of this uh, pay-per-view that are not normally missing from a pay-per-view but uh, you make a really good point there but I thought it's quite refreshing maybe you know not to have a world title involved in the Elimination Chamber to shake things up a little bit and I thought that this kind of tag Elimination Chamber match was actually not too bad but um, who, who were kind of what was some of the shining the highlights that came out to you from this match -in? 
Oh, well, like you said, with the uh, the uh, Lucha Brothers all over the top of the pods, man, you know, that obviously uh, Otis and what's going on with him and Ziggler, I said last week that I do think uh, I would love, I would have loved to see maybe that match for the tag titles and kind of having like Mandy Rose involved. But, and I, I'm one that hates the term, doesn't need the championship. I hate it with a passion, but um you know, perhaps they don't, you know, need it. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was a good match for what it was. Um, but uh, so the next match, Brian, was uh, AJ Styles versus Alistair Black. So AJ Styles versus Alistair Black in a no DQ match, Brian. And of course, AJ Styles, he uh, came out with the OC, Gallows and Anderson. Now, this was probably the most anticipated match that I was most looking forward to going into this pay-per-view. Um, it, it was a bit of a dream match, really. Alistair Black, AJ Styles, two very exciting, very uh, technical uh, wrestlers. Um, but to uh, what were your kind of expectations going into this one? I'm guessing that you're a fan of AJ and uh, <laughs> and Alistair Black. Uh, was you looking forward to this one? Oh uh, yeah, I, I thought it was solid. I'm, I know I like build ups, but this one was one of those that I didn't mind that it didn't have a long stretch build up. Uh, just because, quite frankly, I mean, it was a, honestly a transitional match for AJ Styles because we know. That he's probably getting the Undertaker, even if they do a two on uh two on three match. But I like this because Alistair Black can work in the ring. I still think the character doesn't really translate as well to the main roster. Uh, I don't think it's as marketable, but there's no denying when if you put him in the ring, that guy can work. And same with AJ Styles. So this is one of those matches, though. I'm going to go back and watch again because, like I said, you know, it's wedding anniversary, so didn't see it like all the way through but i'm gonna go back and watch this one again yeah it is one of those matches that during the actual match part of it before the shenanigans at the end it was actually quite a good match quite a solid match um aj he got out a kendo stick which he utilized uh on uh, black's uh knee early on black then brought out a table from underneath the ring which came into play towards the end of the match uh, alistair black almost broke the kendo stick that uh, AJ was using earlier. He was broke the kendo stick across the body of AJ. There was some some vicious some vicious uh, strikes are using the kendo stick on AJ Styles there uh, before AJ went back to the leg, uh, which he followed up with a phenomenal forearm and a brain buster for a two count. Um, as far as the match went. I thought it was a good match um, and it was it was stiff, just like the match between Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. It was quite stiff and hard hitting. I think that was a, a theme throughout most of the matches on this card, to be honest with you. It was, it was quite a hard hitting, stiff uh, match. Uh, both of the guys gave as good as they got, of course. Um, AJ then went for a, a tombstone, uh, clearly sending out a message to The Undertaker, um, but that was reversed into a roll up by Alistair Black. Uh, Black eventually drives AJ through the table on the outside with a meteora so i said at the beginning that the, the the table was bound to come into play and it did uh but before black could finish off aj gallows and anderson they come into the ring uh dropping black with their ma ma magic killer uh then brian the crowd finally came alive they were they were quiet for most of this match but they finally came alive when they heard the undertaker's gong the lights went <laughs> out the lights came back on again with taker his hands around the throats of uh, gallows and anderson with them both on their knees on the canvas uh, then aj Styles attempted a phenomenal forearm from behind uh, to kind of sneak attack the undertaker but the undertaker was quick to react caught AJ Styles in mid-flight by the throat, executed an awesome power uh, choke slam, um, and then from there, the lights went out, The Undertaker disappeared, 
Alistair Black came back with uh, with uh, his uh, finishing move, um, Black Mass, uh, the roundhouse kick, hooked the leg, got the one, two, three, and a win for Alistair Black. So this was a fun match, uh, some shenanigans towards the end there. Uh, some might say that it was overbooked, potentially. Uh, but I enjoyed this match. Like I said, I thought that the, the wrestling part of it, the actual match between these two was quite solid. The interference, you knew you were going to get it because you had Gallows and Anderson on the outside from the off, so you knew that they were going to get involved at some point during this match. The added bonus of having The Undertaker come out and uh, uh, kind of uh, do the choke slam to AJ Styles and then Alistair Black with the black mass to finish the match so I, I enjoyed this i thought it was really really fun uh, but to give us your thoughts on this one and you mentioned earlier you know where it could potentially go at wrestlemania could it be a one-on-one between taker and aj or could it possibly be uh, a three-on-two handicap match if you throw in the oc and alistair black into the mix so uh, lots to lots to unpick here and unravel brian but so uh, what were your thoughts on how this went down yeah i, I enjoyed it though um it, it, this and I now you know as we're going over this show, I'm realizing like this whole show wasn't a bad show at all. Will it be memorable down the line? Probably not, but it was a solid show, just like this match. This was a solid match. Um, and you know, it was good to see the Undertaker there. Uh, it's definitely a treat for the fans in Philly because mm-hmm. he doesn't go everywhere. So to lead this build up to WrestleMania, I thought this was great. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And uh, The Undertaker looked good. Um, and, uh, of course, we, we saw The Undertaker, the, the, the super showdown in Saudi Arabia uh, last Thursday, where he did much the same. He choked Slam AJ Styles. Looks, so it looks like we've got these two going to meet in the ring at WrestleMania. I quite like the idea of throwing Alistair Black in there, having Alistair Black alongside The Undertaker against all three members of the OC, Gallows, Anderson and AJ Styles. I think that could be a bit of a spectacle, something different. And a bit of a platform for Alistair Black as well, and uh, to get him involved, to get the Undertaker rub as well, to get get a little bit of uh, a rub from the Prince of Darkness. But uh, that should be a pretty fun match, and I'm sure that that's the way they're heading, especially with you know how it all turned out on Sunday night. But uh, uh, let, let, let's have a look at the next match then, Brian. So um, the Street Profits, a particular favourite of mine, really big fan of those. I've enjoyed the Street Profits from their NXT days, going up against uh, Seth Rollins and. Uh, Murphy, uh, don't call him Buddy anymore. They've got rid of his first name. It's just Murphy from now on. This oh, is for the Raw Tag Team Championships. So, of course, the Street Profits, they won the tag team titles at Raw uh, last Monday. So I've got to say, you know, besides uh, enjoying Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, um, I, I felt this match was a bit flat, to be honest with you. Uh, big fan of Dawkins and, and Ford. I thought they were fantastic in this match. Uh, you had the Viking Raiders. They came out to ne- neutralise AOP and AOP and the Viking Raiders. They fought to the back. Um, I, I've got to give credit to, to Angelo Dawkins. He's got one of the best hot tags in the business, in my opinion. And when he gets that tag, he is uh, like a steam train. He just uh, rolls through the opposition. Uh, but so then we saw Kevin Owens he came through the crowd with a big bag of popcorn, sits at ringside throws some popcorn in Seth Rollins face, Seth Rollins gets uh, put out of action by being uh, kind of steamrolled into the crowd barrier at ringside uh, and then uh, you had Dawkins and Ford, they finished a match with a spine buster and frog splash combo onto Murphy to uh, get the pin and to retain the Raw Tag Team Championship, so I thought this was a fun match, um, maybe a bit of a surprise in ending but uh, Kevin Owens getting involved, almost certainly setting up a match involving him and Seth Rollins, possibly at Mania. 
but uh, uh, Kevin Owens finished the proceedings by giving uh, Seth Rollins a stunner for his troubles. So a bit of a, a fun way to kind of end this segment. I like but, how uh, you worded that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, give us your thoughts on how this went down then. It, it was okay. And uh, most importantly, the Street Profits retained and looks like they're going to be taking the gold into Mania. I honestly probably would have rather seen this as a six-man tag if he wasn't going to have the Street Profits win the titles on this show. Uh, I understand, you know, you wanted that pop for Raw sometimes. Um, but I thought it would have been a nice touch if they could have won the titles on the, in the pay-per-view as opposed to just doing the um, yeah, rematch. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things also, like you say, it's just... It was just to get us to mania. It, you know, it, it could have been better, but, you know. I always thought that Rollins and Murphy were the wrong tag champs in that group anyway. But maybe, I don't know. You know, I just don't know why they went that route, putting the titles on them. Maybe just to get, I don't know. <laughs> well, they, I, I'm guessing they had nothing better for Seth Rollins. So where they thought, well, let's throw him in there with, with Murph, Murphy given the tag titles, but uh, I do do agree with you. I thought AOP, they're the natural tag team from that uh, from that uh, faction, from that stable, and I thought AOP should have been given the opportunity. But maybe now that things are breaking down and Seth Rollins looks to be going one-on-one potentially with uh, Kevin Owens at Mania, that could give a little bit of a, an open door to AOP to future tag matches, future tag title matches, and who knows? You know, we, we could see... Uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins in a singles match. We could see the Street Profits versus AOP at Mania. So that'll be a really good match and a match we've not seen before. I think that's what we're getting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a good match. And maybe with what happened with the Viking Raiders, throw the Viking Raiders in there, maybe turn into a three-way match uh, to get even more individuals involved. Uh, but uh, it's interesting. And uh, tonight on Raw, I'm sure we'll find out more about where it's going for the Raw Tag Team titles. But a win and a retain for the Profits. Uh, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, yep. the, the second to last match on the card, there was a, a three-on-one handicap match. It was uh, Intercontinental Champion Braun Strowman going in there against Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn and Cesaro and I think the stipulation to this was if either Sami Zayn, Cesaro or Nakamura could get the pinfall over Strowman then whoever did get the pin would walk out as the IC champion so quite an interesting stipulation uh, quite quite a a fun kind of little intriguing thread that goes into this match but um, Sami Zayn spent most of the match running away from Braun Strowman while the other two did their best to keep the big man down. And uh, in, in kind of the shock um, of the night, the heels came out on top, uh, thanks to a Kinshasa from Nakamura, followed by a, a double suplex uh, on Strowman by Nakamura and uh, Cesaro. Sami Zayn put the nail in the coffin with a hell of a kick and uh, got the pinfall. And uh, Sami Zayn is our new intercontinental champion, pinning uh, the big man uh, Braun Strowman. Roman. So uh, Sami Zayn seemed uh, elated. He seemed over the moon to get the pinfall and to be the new Intercontinental Champion. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that's his first WWE singles title uh, since he was in NXT. Um, so, uh, you know, a fun little match here. Um, I was quite surprised that Sami Zayn or the heels came out on top. Uh, but give us your thoughts on this one, Brian. It was quite an interesting match. And uh, Braun Strowman, no longer the Intercontinental Champion. 
Yeah, I, I thought this was good. I, I really enjoy Sami Zayn winning the championship, especially the way his character is. Uh, he's the most vocal out of the group. But that IC title fits him. Workhorse, he's a guy who can wrestle, he can go, he can put on great matches, and he can talk his trash. Oh, so yeah. I was happy about that. I liked the ending. It made so much sense. So, you know, you, you get the big man down. All you need him down is for three seconds. Got him down for three seconds. We got a new champion. Uh, I hope this leads to Shinsuke turning or Sammy turning on Shinsuke or somehow disseminating that so we can get that full circle because we know the match these two put on at TakeOver Dallas. Oh, Brian, you've just reminded me one of my all-time favorite <laughs> matches. That match. Yeah. Oh, that that's one match that I always watch every year in the lead-up to WrestleMania. We're speaking about okay. what WrestleMania traditions, and that's one of my WrestleMania traditions is to put that match on the network. But uh, yes, and wouldn't that be awesome to see those two potentially go at it in a Mania match? Um, but uh, yeah, it leads to many interesting possibilities and where Cesaro might factor into it as well and whether Braun Strowman is entirely out of the picture. And, you know, there, there could be quite an interesting storyline leading into Mania, but I do like your idea their best of potentially seeing uh, Nakamura versus Sami Zayn somewhere down the line. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. That would be pretty sweet. Let's uh, but that, do it. That leads us nicely to the main event then, Brian, the uh, the women's elimination chamber match. So no championship up for grabs in this one, unlike the match earlier with the, the SmackDown uh, tag team titles. This was uh, for a number one contender spot. So the winner of this match would go on to face Becky Lynch, the man uh, for the Raw Women's Tag Team Championship at Mania. So the six uh, women that were involved in this match, you had Ruby Wyatt, uh, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Asuka, Sarah Morgan and Shayna Baszler. So when I first heard this match was announced and the, 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 the competitors involved, I was a little bit surprised and rather underwhelmed at some of the names mentioned. Certainly Sarah Morgan, you know, Liv, Mo- uh, Sarah, uh, Liv Morgan, uh, Sarah, what's Sarah's surname? I can't remember. Logan. Uh, Sarah, Logan. Sarah Logan. That's right. Not Morgan. Logan. Uh, and of course, Ruby Wyatt, she's just just come back from from uh, an injury. But I thought the match was OK. Um, I, I enjoyed the opening exchange between Ruby Wyatt and Natalia. I liked how the, the camera work was quite up close and showed a lot of the bumps and a lot of the pain that the wrestlers were going through when they were experiencing the, the bumps uh, on the outside, kind of on the because it used to be just a steel grate, didn't it? But recently they've covered it over with with the mats. Uh, but I'm sure it still hurts like how when you take a bump onto kind of the outside uh, of the elimination chamber. Uh, Sarah Logan was uh, next out of the pod. Uh, she drop kicks Natalia into the plexiglass of the pod. So that looks pretty painful. Um, Ruby Riot gets power bombed onto the, the, the padded metal grate on the outside of the ring. Sarah Logan. Uh, dropped Ruby Riot and Natalia uh, with a crossbody off of the pod. That was quite impressive. I think Natalia took a bit of a nasty bump there. Then Shayna Baszler was next out of her pod. She quickly eliminates Sarah Logan, Ruby Riot, and Natalia all with the Carafuda clutch. Uh, then there was a, a few minutes where nothing happened. It was almost a bit of an awkward few minutes waiting for the clock to tick down. Uh, the fans were booing and chanting boring. Uh, but then we had uh, uh, Liv Morgan. She came out. She suffered at the hands of Shayna Baszler and the Carafuda clutch. Uh, and then we waited again and Asuka was the, the last one out of her pod. And uh, this was a good exchange. Uh, probably the most competitive segment of this match. Um, Asuka, I think she even uh, locked in the, the Asuka lock but uh, Shayna Baszler rolled to safety and then got in control again and then she was able to lock in the the Carafuda clutch for the fifth time and uh, Asuka 
passed out and that was the end of the match so it was a very dominant match by Shayna Baszler uh, some awkward moments while we were waiting for the clock to tick down on a couple of occasions but uh, when the opponent was facing Shayna Shayna made short work of it and the Carafuda clutch they're definitely putting that over as a, as a bit of a killer finishing move and uh, Shayna wins the match she now goes on as the number one contender to Becky's Raw Women's Championship so Brian um, it, it was a bit of a, a strange elimination chamber match totally different to the first one we saw earlier on um, but uh, give us your kind of thoughts break it down for me on this one that we saw last night well john here's the thing you got becky lynch who's the man who's been the champion i mean we're going on with 365 days soon and she everybody that you've been lining up for her she's been knocking them down so you have to present someone that's strong enough to make us say wait a minute she may can beat becky you did that with Asuka. You know, the story you told was that was the one person Becky couldn't beat. She beat her. So now who's next? We done seen her beat Charlotte Flair. We done seen all that. This is good. I liked it, honestly. Um, I like the fact that her and, you know, that Shayna looks so dominant. Yes. This match probably shouldn't have been the main event. But then again... Unless she was going to put Daniel Bryan and Gulag as the main event because of the wrestling history, especially both of those guys having some great ground they made in Philly, it it had to be. You know, and we understand with WWE as far as this being Women's International Month. So I didn't hate it as much as the internet did, but I thought, you know, I understood the story that was going on here. And I'm still not so guaranteed Shayna wins the title at WrestleMania. I think she would, but I'm, it's just not a guarantee. But they made you believe that she could go out there and do it. Yeah, yeah, it was a very dominant win for Shayna. But uh, one thing that was very noticeable, and I'm sure that you caught this during your viewing of Elimination Chamber, was the crowd were very, very quiet during a lot of these matches, in particular the main event, they were deathly silent. And uh, you, you did get some boos as well, especially when there was long periods where nothing was going on during that match. But um, do, do you think that, uh, you know, the crowd could have been a bit more lively during some of these matches and as we explained you know some of the matches were pretty good there was a lot of action there was a, a lot of uh, hard hitting action the matches were quite stiff in some cases um, but uh, do you think you know that the crowd were at fault last night or potentially that the wrestlers could have done more to draw the fans in well Philadelphia is a tough crowd unfortunately so you know I'm not sure what they really could have did you know maybe they wanted Brock you know you brought up that earlier and I thought about it I said wow Literally, WWE's big, the top four stars were not there. Yeah. Brock, Roman, The Fiend, Cena. I mean, um, Brock, Roman, The Fiend, and Drew McIntyre. Then you add John Cena to the mix. So, you know, their top star, their top tier stars wasn't there. And, and yeah, I'm a Daniel Bryan fan, but he's not being booked in that way right now. So that was another thing. So I think maybe the fans, even though they give us, a card subject to change. They give us the match card beforehand. I think maybe they were a little disappointed that, you know. And, and you know, it was a Sunday night, which, you know, you may have a heavier adult crowd there as opposed to a kid's crowd because it is school year. So maybe that was a factor. So a lot of 18 to 35 demographic probably wanted something else. But, you know, it's – that's – WWE, what people don't realize, 
One thing I learned when I watched the behind the scenes when they showed the Royal Rumble of 2015 when Roman won was they a lot of times they said we're not going to change our plans because of one town. So I think even though they like when they go to Philly because they're passionate, they also don't like they're not going to let Philly bully them into decisions. Yeah. And uh, having seen Elimination Chamber last night, Brian, has it kind of set you up more for WrestleMania? Do you feel more hyped uh, for the grandest show of them all um, after watching last night's Elimination Chamber? Has it got you more excited or do you think that that will kind of come over the days and weeks leading up to April the 5th? Uh, it's gonna come over the days leading up to it. Uh, there wasn't nothing really last night that really excited me about WrestleMania, to be honest with you. Um, and maybe because every so many years, there's like for me like a down year where it's just like, oh yeah, WrestleMania's coming. I, I haven't been like, oh my goodness, I can't wait. That will come though as we get closer. But oh, yeah. you know, sometimes for me, it starts at the Royal Rumble, and then sometimes it starts. Uh, two weeks beforehand, you know, last year, even though we didn't know about Kofi Mania until I say probably what uh, February, you know, last year made me excited, even when Kofi lost, because you just knew he's going to find a way to that match. So this year, there wasn't really anything. Unfortunately, I kind of wish they did. But uh, part of me didn't wish, wish they did uh, give us um of Roman Goldberg right away, but looking at Whistle on SmackDown, we all knew it was going to get Roman and Goldberg. So, yeah, yeah. well, I must admit, uh, coming out of Elimination Chamber, I'm a little bit more positive about this pay per view than many of the reports that I've read and listened to since mm-hmm. last night. Um, having watched it, going into it with low expectations, actually, I actually quite enjoyed the pay per view, especially the. Yeah, I mean, that's it. If you go in with low expectations, anything good is a bonus, I suppose. But, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak, I think, was definitely the match of the night for me. Uh, What about yourself? What was the match of the night for you? And what what was kind of some of the bigger highlights coming out of this one? Well, you did it right on the head. But I'll play the game that since you said it first, you took that one. I got (laughs) to choose another one. So in that case, I'm going with Umberto Umberto and Andrade. I thought that was a great match. Even though, and maybe you... Maybe you feel the same way, maybe you don't. I feel like Umberto's just missing something, but I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, he needs a bit of uh, Angel Garza's personality. I think that's what he's lacking. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, you know. And, and I know I didn't really care for his outfit, like the, the, the jacket, interest jacket or whatever. It looked like creator wrestler. But, uh, you know, other than that, I, I think, but I do think that was my match of the night if, you know, if I couldn't choose Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak. Yeah, I also enjoyed the hell out of the uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Elimination Chamber match. I thought that was very good. And uh, I'm interested to see kind of, you know, what, what match might come out of that leading into WrestleMania. Uh, what, what do you think about uh, Heavy Machinery? Do you think that uh, they're, they're going to be involved in a, a tag title match at Mania? But Otis Dozovic, he's definitely getting over with the fans. It could be his uh, time to shine. Could they be putting the titles on Otis and Tucker um, over in Tampa? Uh, it's two ways you can do that. You know, you could put them, you know, you could have a fatal uh, four-way tag team match for the titles or maybe a triple threat match. You know, uh, somehow, some way, you got to get Otis and Tucker against Rude and Ziggler yes. with Mandy Rose <laughs> there. You know, because oh, uh, something's going to happen. Either Mandy Rose is going to go full-fledged heel or we're going to get the ultimate uh, love moment, or 
they might surprise us and put her with Tucker, even though the reason why I said that wouldn't happen because I do think there's money in heavy machinery with kids' merchandise as far as toys and, you know, you can put little trucks together and all that other jazz. Oh, yes, absolutely. I totally get where you're coming from. But all in all, I thought it was a good show. Like I, said, I went in with uh, with low expectations and I came out pleasantly surprised. I thought there were some, some good matches. But if, if you were to watch just the first two matches, uh, Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan and Humberto Kuro versus Andrade. I think that you could probably stop there and be satisfied. But uh, <laughs> no, I think those were definitely it, it, they peaked. It peaked after those two matches, in my opinion. But uh, there we go. Uh, Brian, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast uh, to help me cover Elimination Chamber 2020 pay per view. Uh, we're well on the way to to uh, the road to WrestleMania. Now we've got no more pay per views. We've only got a few more Raws and a few more Smackdowns in between now and April the fifth. <laughs> But, uh, and NXT, of course. I, I'll tell you what, NXT yeah. is my is my wheelhouse. NXT is my bread and butter. So I, I can't wait to be talking uh, and watching more about uh, NXT in the coming weeks. But uh, Brian, if any of my listeners want to reach out to you and say hi, find you on social media, follow uh, what you do creativity-wise, Wrestling Realm and all that good stuff, where can they find you? Uh, have you got some social media handles? Are you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? Where can we uh, reach out and say hi to you, Brian? Oh, simply just at Brian H. Waters. You know, that's my name. You can find me Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Search Brian H. Waters. Love to talk wrestling. So just don't be creepy. <laughs> yeah, know, like I'm go. not one that's not going to complain <laughs> about the product. You know, you got people that want sit up there and complain the whole time. Nah, y'all complain when necessary. But I try to be positive because at the end of the day, it's just wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have put it better myself. But uh, thank you, Brian, for helping us out with this uh, special review episode. And hopefully we can have you back on the show sometime in the future. It's been a pleasure to have you on, uh, my, my friend. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, John. No, you're very welcome. Uh, so uh, please keep it tuned to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT and AEW Dynamite uh, updates. Uh, we, of course, do regular WWE and AEW pay-per-view reviews, exclusive interviews, and so much more. Please don't forget to check out our website, uh, wrestlingwithjonas.com. We've got all of our podcast archive up there, a full list of interviews, vlogs, news updates, merchandise, social media links, and so much more. That's wrestlingwithjonas.com. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well so you don't miss out on a single episode and you can be notified every time a new episode drops so for myself and from brian thank you to everybody that's listened to this and we'll hopefully speak to you all again very very soon